Hi, I'm Jack Grimmer at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to episode 41, did you say? Yes. 41. Uh, the final Wickham Wanderers episode of the season. Don't be sad. Uh, we'll be back next year. Uh, or this year. It'll be this year. Next season, though. Or something. Uh, lots to bring you in the next hour. Of course, we'll be reflecting on that 2-2 draw at Portsmouth on Sunday. We'll get some uh, behind-the-scenes news as well. <laughs> also, some haunting sounds as well, occasionally. Uh, also, we'll be hearing uh, from Phil shortly. He'll be bringing us our match debrief and also season debrief as well. We'll hear from Matt Bloomfield. Uh, the manager, you're probably well aware of who he is. Uh, also, uh, not only talking about uh, that game, but also the uh, ins and outs in terms of uh, contract talks from this week as well. Uh, we'll hear the uh, latest from the dressing room from Jack Grimmer. Looking forward to catching up with him. And also, we've got a compilation of uh, some of the, uh, or actually all of the ex-players, I think I haven't missed any, uh, who we've spoken to throughout the season. Uh, brilliant uh, collection of uh, different generations of players who I think you'll really enjoy hearing from and uh, what really encapsulates what's special about the club and also of course the ex-players association as well uh, very grateful to, uh, to JDT and to Alan and to John Bignall and the rest of the team as well who've uh, been brilliant to work with this season putting together uh, the uh, brilliant chats that we've had also of course the uh, work with the warm hub I've got lots of people to thank a bit later on as well but uh, that's to come we'll also chat to two members of Wickham Wanderers women's under 18s Sonny the coach and Georgina the captain who are preparing for their League Cup final on Saturday wish you all the best for that we'll be revealing our predictions which have been in a sealed envelope for well literally since July um, turning up at the edges very well stuck down as well not sure how we're going to get into it but uh, we'll be, you'll be finding out that we'll also be uh, other reflections on the season as well looking back on uh, on what's been a, a fantastic um, I've used the word fantastic a lot this season but it has been fantastic it's been brilliant to do the show it's been brilliant to bring you uh, interviews and uh, uh, match highlights which would be a good place to start because we've had our, our first full season of bringing you live commentary from the games we'll be chatting to Luke a bit about that shortly but first let's live, relive uh, what happened at Fratton Park on Sunday Welcome to Fratton Park, final day of the season. 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. Love it, bring it on. Wins a big battle on the edge of the area, finds Wheeler, and now McCarthy's in space. McCarthy on his way now into the Pompey half, urged on by the Wickham crowd. Lays it in field to Debar. Debar sets it back to Wheeler. Here's Vokes' edge of the area. Vokes goes for goal. Charles down by Bernardo. Now wing out to McCleary. Decent attack from the chair boys now. McCleary's inside the box. Goes for goal. Good save by the keeper. Got down low, big hand, palms it away. Here we are, modern football, it's very best here. The keeper passing around with his centre-back. And he's now put under pressure by TJ Debar and gives the ball away. Modern football, Gareth McCleary inside the area, goes for goal and scores! And some of that passing from the back. Wicked Wanderers get the ball and slam it into the bottom corner of the net. And they don't teach you that in the coaching manual, do they? It's Portsmouth nil, Wicked Wanderers 1. Gareth McCleary with his seventh of the season. Corner again from Pompey right hand side Jacobs with it into the near post this time and it's there Marlon Pack gets across his man and heads the ball into the bottom corner the warning came from the corner before it was a different delivery but this time the header found the back of the net and it's Pompey 1 Wickham 1 Pack wrestles over Debar and he's gone down again clutching his face Wing goes for goal and scores what a goal from Lewis Wing We've waited a while for a wing thunderbolt 
and it was well worth the wait. The ball sat into midfield. It sat up. He looked to see where the keeper was, and Wingy's just put his right boot through it, and the keeper caught off his line, and the Spanish are up behind the goal, as do the faithful from South Bucks too. It's Portsmouth one, Wickham two. What a goal! Throw in to Pompey, Connor Ogilvy to take. Subs coming up just before the hour mark here 2-1 to Wickham Wanderers Lewis Wing the goal scorer goes over the top to Vokes who heads it down to Freeman Freeman on the volley beaten away by the keeper again Dan Vokes just chests the ball down but he's limping a bit here Sam Vokes ball nodded down by Bishop to Pickett left hand side cross comes in Jacobson the back post and it's there Jacobson couldn't clear and it's headed home by Paddy Lane poor defending from Wickham Wanderers and Pompey have found their equaliser Pompey 2, Wickham 2 cross came from that left hand side Jacobson missed the clearance and Lane stooped to head it past Striek Connor Ogilvy's continuing to stretch out his calf muscles here he has covered a lot of distance up and down that left hand side and there goes the final whistle that's the end of the season Wickham Wanderers finishing on a draw at Pompey they finished ninth in the table with their fifth highest finish in the club's history couldn't find the winning goal this afternoon Matt but off the back of last week's performance a much improved display from the chairboys yeah a lot to take away from that one um good going forwards at various spells in the game but also having to dig in when Portsmouth were getting on top probably on the balance of play and with the chances created Pompey will feel aggrieved not to have won it from Ogilvy's had five or six really good opportunities breaking in from deep um, Max Strix made some excellent saves but Wickham always carried a threat and um, you know, plenty for Matt to dissect not just from this game but from the season as a whole um, you know, a, a lot of work to be done over the summer. We want to come back as strong as we can when things get back underway uh, in training in July and when the games kick off in August. So, um, overall, look, you know, a good 90 minutes from the boys, uh, finishing on a on a pleasing note of a good performance against a strong Portsmouth side. Um, let's go away and, and give everything this summer to improve the club on and off the pitch and, uh, and see what we can offer our fans when the new season gets underway. Wicked fans heading across and the staff as well heading over to the away end to. Uh, applaud the travelling support not just for today week in week out up and down the motorways those travelling fans all clubs have them and Wickham Wanderers are no exception to that and there's several shirts being thrown into those arms as well by the Wickham players it's been a season of twists and turns of major news of player retirements of sales of comings and goings and it finishes with Wickham ninth in the table Looking ahead now to a proper off-season break, a proper pre-season, and back at it again next season. For everyone that's been there this season, be it on Wanderers TV, Adams Park, or away from home, we thank you very much indeed. And we'll leave you with news from Burton. Burton nil, MK Dons nil, full-time score. If you're in the business of selling tiny violins in High Wycombe, you're going to have a busy week. Thank you for everything this season, everybody. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned to Wanderers TV over the summer. We've got loads more content to come before it all kicks off again. Have a great summer. Take care and see you soon. 
Excellent wrap-up to uh, some brilliant coverage of and live commentary of uh, Wickham Wanderers games home and away this season, both on Wanderers TV and on Wickham Sound, of course. Uh, your commentary team for Sunday uh, being uh, Matt Bloomfield, Matt Bloomfield, Matt Cecil, apologies, um, who uh, we were very grateful to uh, for his assistance throughout the season, of course, but uh, more on that later. And also Phil Catchpole, who uh, we can hear from now, uh, reflecting on events throughout the season, but first at Fratton Park. Yeah, it was a really good game and a really good day, actually. Really lovely day. Uh, Sun was out at that proper end of season vibe about it. Um, the early kickoff on a Sunday as well didn't dampen it at all. Um, and for two teams who essentially didn't really have anything to play for in terms of uh, playoffs or anything else like that, uh, it was an excellent game. Uh, 18,000 people there um, and two teams that wanted to finish the season on a high. Um, from a Wickham point of view, it was a really important game as well because the week before, I thought they were, they were the worst we've probably been over the season. You know, the last home game, and it was it felt very flat after that. So the, the boys needed to, to to give the fans something to go into the summer with, and they did that. I thought, you know, um, as a game, it was very good. The second goal, especially from from Lewis Wing, uh, was absolutely fantastic. Um, and to do that at a ground like Fratton Park. Uh, was great as well and to have the Spanish fans there too um, adding their atmosphere uh, and the away end was absolutely bouncing um, it was good to see it had that kind of yeah, as, I, as I said earlier that last season, last day of the season feel about it um, but yeah it was a very positive experience overall um, and hopefully um, a bit of a bounce into the summer but after the game speaking to the manager Matt Bloomfield I think he was pleased to see the response from the players from, from the week before yeah, I think it was. I asked the boys for a, a response to, to the disappointment of last week and I don't think they really needed me to ask for it. I felt it during the week, the way they've trained. I think they demanded it off each other. There's lots of disappointment and uh, plenty of anger after the final whistle last week. So we wanted to put that right. We know that there was you know, 900 fans travelling down and spending their hard-earned money to come and watch us and we, we wanted to make sure that we, we left on a positive take that momentum into the summer. So I'm pleased that we, we responded in the way we did and performed the way we did. How important was it to have that momentum into the summer now I thought it was really important I've spoken about it a lot to the players um, during the week I've spoken about it a lot in terms of you know the, the, the pre-season build-up started today we wanted to go in um, with a good performance which I think we did we wanted to go in with a win which you know unfortunately didn't quite come we got a draw which on the balance of play and chances I think was a fair result so no uh, arguments from us on that um, we could have had a winner at the end there which we think was probably onside but you know this is football there's plenty of moments that go for you and against you and that's the roller coaster we all love so it's nice to, to think that we had a good performance today um, showed a, a, a fairly good attacking threat I thought throughout the afternoon um, and we take that point and we, we try and use that momentum moving forward and there was a real intensity in the game from both sides this wasn't an end of season dead rubber was it? No we spoke about it again we've spoken about it a lot during the week I didn't want to come here and just um, play out a, a boring nil-nil and, 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 and everyone off on their holidays that's not how we wanted to finish we wanted to show the intent we, were, we, we needed to show that to our supporters that last week's result hurt us we needed to show them our intent so um, that is our responsibility to do that and I thought the boys did that and looking now into the summer, um, it's a proper break for Wickham Wanderers, something that's a bit unusual for the club over the last few years. Yeah, most certainly so. We've uh, usually had a, you know, the relegation from the Championship or a playoff campaign or a playoff final as in the last few years. It's, it's very rare that we have this, this finish, but I think we need to take that as a positive that we can, we can plan and prepare 
there's lots of conversations that need to be had and um, yeah we're excited about what the fight future can bring for this football club you know it's a, it's a special place the Kuhig's done you know Rob, Missy and Pete have done an incredible job since they've taken over just pre-pandemic um, and the gaffer before did an incredible job over you know 10 years was it was an amazing achievement for him so you know it's it's nice to recognise all that but it's also nice to for us to stand on our own two feet and, and implement what we want to do and we're looking forward to trying to do that and for you personally as well coming in at the point he did it was almost like boarding a train while it was still moving a time to reflect now as well and plan for yourself and your philosophy yeah certainly so uh, Phil I think it's been a, it's an emotional rollercoaster this season hasn't it you know started off on the coaching staff moved to Colchester and then coming back again so yeah it's been an amazing amazing season um, I think there's plenty of positives that we have to take but we have to be really critical of ourselves most certainly I have to be critical of myself first and foremost because if I can't do it then how can I expect my staff and my players to do it so that's the way I live my life I've got to be critical of myself reflect and make sure we're better moving forward and I know that we will be growth mentality it has to be you know it's how I've how I've lived how I've been as a football club for a while I think through my 20s I didn't have that but once I reached an age where you know retirement was looming I really went on a bit of a personal journey in terms of having that growth mentality so first and foremost you have to look in the mirror and have to assess and reassess everything you do how you conduct yourself your decisions along the way what you want to do moving forward and and that certainly has to start with myself but I have clarity in my thoughts in terms of how I want to move us forward with my staff Um, I think we have clarity in in our plans and and it's up to us now to go and implement that What's your final message to all the Wickham fans wherever they are in the world today? It just has to be a a real sincere thanks and gratitude from me and my staff towards our our supporters they stuck with us us through thick and thin over a number of years now Um, you know and um, I'd like to think that they know that we're, we're on a bit of a journey a bit of a project you know coming to change a manager who's been in for so long was always going to be a little bit clunky at times but we've tried to do it the best we possibly can so thank you for them for their continued support enjoy their well-earned break from travelling up and down the country supporting us and like I say we're, we're looking forward to um, being a, you know arm in arm with them come pre-season time and looking forward to keep moving our football club forward Listening to the manager there there's a real sense isn't there I think going forward as well of you know real excitement and optimism Yes, I think um, it's been a difficult situation for the manager to come into um, when the, the stage of the season uh, that he did. And he's clearly got his own ideas and, and what he wants to do. Uh, and now he's got um, a proper break, off-season break and pre-season um, to build his squad, uh, to work with the players, to get his philosophy across, which I thought was very difficult to do. And I don't think he wanted to do that entirely during the season. But now he's got that opportunity for that clean break and, and to really get his way under, you know, the, the Bloomfield era of up and running fully. Um, so I think he's looking at some changes both in the squad uh, and also um, externally as well, some sort of other changes perhaps around the place. So, yeah, so we shall see what, what happens in the, in, the, in the coming weeks. It is the off-season. I said there'll be people having a break, but um, I don't think Matt Bloomfield's going to be doing too much resting. He's got um, quite a bit of business to do, I think. And as this time of year now, we've seen a lot of other clubs announcing their retained and release lists. Uh, and Wickham are no exception to that. Um, and information came out of Adams Park yesterday about players that were leaving. And uh, it was good to chat to, to Matt Bloomfield about that too. A couple of tough days, lots of meetings. It wasn't easy. There's been some uh, some tough conversations to be had. Um, unfortunately, this time of year, it's happening at every football club up and down the country I've sat on the other side of the desk and it's it's not an easy day so um, yeah um, some tough conversations but I think um, for us to move forward um, there were conversations that had to be had you know what it's like on the other side of the desk I guess yeah of course I've had a few times over the year where you go out of contract and you don't know whether something's coming or not and 
trying to negotiate what's best for the future for yourself and your family and you know it's a there's a real human element I think to this time of the year where you really kind of feel the responsibility of people uh, their livelihoods and their families and stuff but you know my responsibility is to my job and, and this football club and and like I say this the game you know the industry are involved in there's some tough decisions to be made and some tough conversations to be had they're not always easy but they have to happen and look, looking at some of the guys that are leaving, uh, start with Nick Freeman, uh, a long-serving member of the squad. Yeah, real long-serving member of the squad. Um, Nick's been in and out of the team, and that was kind of behind his decision to look for regular football elsewhere. We've we've discussed a contract with him, but he's decided that you know he's got a big desire to be a first-team regular, and he didn't see that happening here, and it hasn't happened. So I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. He he, he said you know his decision was made with a really heavy heart. He's he's loved being here, but he's decided that he wants to. Um, look for to be a first team regular and and that's fine I I totally understand it at his age he's he's in that peak age bracket and he wants to he wants to be on the team sheet every week which is something that hasn't happened for him here and also the end of Curtis Thompson's time at Adams Park too yeah Kurt's been a big player for us hasn't he for a number of years as well Um, really struggled with injury unfortunately over this last sort of year and a bit and hasn't quite been able to get himself going um, but Kurt's been a really big player for us a big personality um, you know I've, again someone I shared the dressing room with I actually lived with him for a little while in the house when, when you know during Covid and bits and pieces so he's someone who's um, a real tough character Kurt he's a real good guy he's been a central part of um, you know a lot of the years under under the gaffer and um, he was big but unfortunately hasn't been fit for, for a lot of the time that I've been here and again it's a, with a heavy heart that we see him leave uh, and Lewis Wing deciding to end his time at Adams Park and uh, and does so after scoring a, a goal of the season contender on the final day. Yeah, what a way to sign out for Wingy. Um, I, t- I think that everyone understands that he's got aspirations to play at a higher level um, and, he, and he feels like he can do that and that's understandable. I think he's had a great season. Um, you know, one of the risks of him coming out of contract was that he would have those aspirations, which is, is fine. I, I think the world of Wingy, I think he's a very, very good player. Um, he's obviously got real big quality um, about him and which we, he kind of epitomised on Sunday with that with that goal. So um, we'll keep him reg- regular contact, I'm sure, and um, we wish him all the best. Uh, and other players that we've had in the first team this year, Daryl Horgan, uh, Jordan Willis and Tyler Dickinson too. Yeah, um, Horgy, I think, is a, an absolute diamond Um you know he's um, he's got a real drive about him, Horgy. He's been found himself out on loan this year um, at Stevenage and, and helped them get over the line in their promotion. Um, Jordan Willis is just a, a, a great, great guy, great individual, um, a real leader, um, a real the, the kind of guy that you want um, around and about. So we're really um, sorry to see him leave. Um, and Tyler as well has obviously been on loan at Sutton, but you know did really well at the start of the season. Um, but like so, we you know all those guys are really sad to see them leave. But you know football does have to go under an evolution at times, and we feel like the time is right here to to do that. And leaves gaps in the squad, obviously, so fans will be excited to see the uh, the incoming gift coming out on social media at some point in the next uh, well month or so. Yeah, I hope they are excited. I'm certainly excited. We're working hard in the background. You know, obviously, there's a lot to, a lot of work to do. There's a lot of research to do on on players, potentials coming in. Um, you know, talks with agents, talks with clubs. Um, you know the personal checks that we want to do on these guys, and um, you know there's there's obviously an opportunity. We've got some spots we need to fill, and we need to you know create a new exciting future for this football club, and, and we're excited to do that. Not all work, work, work. A time for a bit of recovery as well. 
a little bit I think is, is, is important and certainly there's been the, some time for reflection I think that's probably one of my biggest things I've done over the last couple of days time for reflection a time to have some time with the coaching staff to really analyse and go over what, what we have been doing this season and what we need to do better going forward what we need to recruit how we need to recruit and what we're losing going out of the building how we replace that and, and try and improve so first few days we've been doing that having meetings with all the staff members about our roles and responsibilities and what we're doing and the players meetings and um, I think I need to kind of recharge the batteries and make sure we utilise our efforts the best we can Really interesting, isn't it? I think especially as supporters, because everyone's a football manager, aren't they? And you, and you think, oh, yes, I, I, I kept him or, or, or yes, I should have got rid of him. Yeah, um, and fans, I mean, that's, that's the great thing about being a fan, isn't it? I say get involved. You, Everyone's got their opinions or ideas about how they should be doing things. But the football manager is the one who has all the information um, about absolutely everything. You know, so it was interesting to hear Matt talking there about, you know, Lewis Wing wanting to, to test himself at a high level at the end of his contract. That's his decision. And we wish him the very best. Um, you know, Nick Freeman was offered a contract but wanted to, to be much more of a first-team starter somewhere. Uh, and that's a tough decision for him to make. And we're really going to miss Nick uh, on, on the pitch, of course, but off the pitch too, a fabulous character uh, and has been around it for, for many years and will really miss his influence. Uh, and also, he's, he's the, uh, the team DJ, as we've heard this year on Wondrous TV. So another, another role that needs to be filled over the summer as well. Um, but a lot of the younger players uh, are moving on. Uh, that's the nature of the big team as well, or the development squad. Um, so, yeah, so it's always a time of change. But with change comes opportunity and fresh starts and fresh faces. Um, so very much looking forward to seeing what the gaffer does in the next couple of months. As you say, really interesting to see you know, what, what he's kind of building, if you like, and, and his philosophy and some of the players that he brings in as well. Yeah, exactly that. It's it's going to be, um, you know, will it be a completely different style? Um, what's he going to go with, to, you know, to complement the core of the team, which we must remember is is there already in, in Max Striek, uh, Ryan Tafazoli, great news that he's here for next season as well. Uh, Chris Farino, Josh Goen, Sam Vokes up top. Um, you know, that, that's just the spine of the team. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, there's still a lot of familiar faces around, of course, but there are gaps now that need to be filled. It'd be interesting to see what sort of player Matt goes for, whether he goes for younger players uh, to complement some of the experience in the squad already uh, and, you know, what sort of players he brings in in terms of their physique, their their style, everything else. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all up there for us to discover in the summer. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably have a couple of weeks off in terms of, you know, coverage and stuff like that whilst things start to happen. But as and when things happen, um, we'll be getting the information out as soon as we can. And it feels appropriate to, to ask, you know, especially at this time of year, to kind of reflect and, and your own sort of highlights of, of what's happened on the pitch. Because I think, as well, and around, around the club generally, because you forget what's happened, don't you, over the season? Yeah, it's, you know, it's been an enormously long season. <laughs> it seems like, you know, ages ago that it all kicked off at the very end of July. I remember it was an early kickoff because of the World Cup. And yeah, um, we had the heat wave to contend with initially. We had the amazing cold spell as well during winter. And they're, they're just the weather things that we've had to deal with. The club's had to, to deal with so much in this last season. You know, not not least uh, the manager leaving, Matt Bloomfield coming in, uh, Alfie Mawson coming back, and then having to retire after 21 games. Aris Fometti playing fantastically well and attracting interest as we knew that he would, and then leaving on the on the final day of the window. You know, these are all things that have been 
Uh, big test for Wickham. Uh, injuries happen every season, of course they do, but it seemed that the timing of the injuries um, was particularly cruel on Wickham this year. And, you know, to adapt to all of that and finish in the, in the position that Wickham did at the end of the season in, in what was an incredibly tough League One, I think was a good campaign. And you've only got to look what happened to MK Dons to realise just how tough League One is. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the role of the bird scarer and what, what an important uh, part that's played this season. Uh, and I'm delighted to say it's back in back in <laughs> situ, uh, and will be uh, and will be for the f- uh, coming months. Uh, pitch will be uh, be reskinned again, uh, and you know uh, scarified and relayed, and which means the bird scarer really comes into its own once more. You know to keep off all the wildlife of, of which we have an abundant amount at the bottom of Hill Bottom Road. Uh, to give the pitch the very best chance. So, so yeah, so um, I'm, I'm doing this at home today, so uh, you won't hear the bird scare, but you will probably be hearing it uh, in pre-season, so brace yourself. <laughs> so what would be your overall kind of assessment, if you like, of, of the season and what fans should be uh, kind of looking forward to into the new campaign? Uh, it's it's kind of uh, a two, two, uh, two edges to this, really. Um, I think initially, of course, the disappointment because of of what's happened in the very recent history of Wickham Wanderers and fans expecting to be in that top six in League One and pushing for the championship uh, because that's what we've been accustomed to in the last three or four years. But obviously, as we've said now, we've covered why that didn't happen. But also, you know, an element of pride over the season as well because of, of, of things that happened, some of the games that we've beaten, the teams that we've beaten along the way, some of the fantastic goals that have been scored and the way the club has dealt with um, many things that have happened to it in the last 10 months. Um, and that's what being a football fan is all about, I guess, is, is riding the waves of all of that. So, yeah, so, yeah, um, disappointment in one, one hand, but an immense amount of pride with the other. Um, and then, I guess, uh, a lot of excitement already looking towards next season and, and having that benefit now of having a proper break and a proper pre-season um, to hit the ground running next year, so next season, hopefully. Well, Master, a huge thank you uh, both uh, to yourself for uh, being an ever-present on, on this show. It's been fantastic to, to speak to you each week and also uh, for, your, for your commentary as well. It's been brilliant to, to feature that on, on the station this season as well. No, thank you very much, Colin, and uh, a big thanks equally to, to all you guys at Wickham Sound for your support and, and coverage of the club. You know, it's a huge part of the community, as is Wickham Wanderers, and it's great that we can all come together uh, and help spread the word of the chair, boys. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to next season doing that as well. Phil Catchpole, everyone. Hey. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> really brilliant to have him on the show uh, each week. And, of course, uh, our usual reminder that you can get the uh, the full uh, chat with Matt. That was catchy, wasn't it? Uh, on Wanderers TV and also on the uh, Wicked Wanderers website now as well. Yes, it's everywhere. Luke joins us. Hello. Thank Good you. evening. Thank you. Afternoon or morning. We'll, we'll do a proper thank yous later. But big yeah, I feel like at any much. point in this show, we could just go off and like thank you, everybody, like four times. Yeah, but big thank you to you. No, a big thank you to you. I'll stop it. Okay. Uh, so you went on the fun bus on Sunday. The Wilshaw fun bus, uh, yes, which was uh, lots of fun. It was good. Uh, it was a very early start, obviously, because of um, the fact it was a 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to be at an away game because uh, normally I'm in the studio. Um, but as it was a Sunday, um, I was allowed out. So I could uh, go and enjoy an away day, which was good fun. It was great doing the, um, the pre-match show at uh, Fratton Park as well. Uh, and yeah, it was really good. And of course, the Spanish fans were excellent. They were just just brilliant. Speaking of which, yes, uh, Nigel, who was uh, on on location for us as well, he's that, been brilliant as well. Yes, say. big thank you to Nigel. Uh, spoke to Ile, uh, one of the uh, media English team. See, si. it was a year ago. We were um, at Wickham for 
the last match of the season, regular season, uh, against Sheffield Wednesday, and then, of course, well, there were 100 of us for the last match last season, and 250 for the match at uh, Wembley, the playoff final, and uh, today, more than 100 uh, of our fans, and of course, we come fans uh, at Fratton Park in our first um, away game with our community, and it has been, has been really fun, it has been an amazing experience. Yeah, I certainly would say that you brought a little bit of colour and party atmosphere to the ground today. Um, I don't think the Portsmouth fans actually knew what to make of you, to be fair. In fact, that, that was something that we were talking about because uh, we were thinking, um, I'm not sure Portsmouth fans are understanding what's happening here. I mean, a hundred guys from Spain in a League One uh, game, I mean, they, they, they must be like, um, what, what, what's happening here? And um, it, has been, it has been great, you know? Um, um, the amazing thing is that all the people that come with us, of course they are already Wickham fans because it's our unofficial club, let's say, yeah. let's put it this way. And um, they all always bring this energy, this, this, uh, they, they, they want to have fun, you know, at football, which is amazing because they are coming with, with this energy, you know, uh, let's have fun, it doesn't matter the result, it doesn't matter if we are playing for something or not, yeah. just have fun at football. Yeah, yeah I, I must admit it was quite interesting because I was waiting at the steps, waiting for you guys to come up and one of the stewards came down and she said uh, I think you've forgotten all the Spanish fans who are in there and still partying so yeah I think you you've certainly made an impression on Portsmouth uh, and to be fair just before the game I met up with a couple of Portsmouth fans uh, in, in a cafe not far from the ground uh, and I had to explain to them what was going to happen today uh, and I said when you see all the scarves you'll know that they're our Spanish fans and I said they're going to make this place rock it has been it has been um, it has been amazing you know um, our goal today since we were not playing for a result our goal today was to make exactly that was our goal to make an impression on the home fans that was our goal to make an impression on Wigan fans and on uh, Portsmouth fans because another thing that we want to encourage with this um, with this um, experiences is uh, to close a relationship with uh, Wigan fans, yeah. traditional Wigan fans and uh, today there were a couple of moments, I think it was really nice for me uh, where they started singing, well of course they joined all the time yeah. and we joined all the time yeah. and uh, there were a couple of moments when they started to sing and um, in, a, in a way recognize what we were doing because for, for all these guys it's, it's a huge effort yeah. they are paying uh, more than 300 euros to come here, so yeah. it's an effort to come here yeah. so uh, financially so yeah. um, um, and it, it's nice that the Wigan fans recognize this effort we are doing they are doing yeah. to, to come and support the club I remember talking to some fans before the game it was a, um, an FA Cup match against Tramie Roberts yeah. in fact we lost I remember talking to some fans before the game what makes uh, Wigan Wonders special that was the, the, the question we were, yeah. we were uh, asking the fans and Almost all of them said, you know what, this is a family club. Um, we, we really value that um, the club is close to the community. And uh, that's something that, that all of them said. And that, that was the first moment that we started to fall in love with the club. The Wickham Wanderers worldwide phenomenon has, uh, has reached Spain. Oh. <laughs> and the moon, by the sounds of that as well. <laughs> Somewhere a lot further away too. Uh, that was actually uh, recorded in Portsmouth. <laughs> 
it was like, I listened back going, why did Nigel record this on the moon or something? No, it was great to see the Spanish fans uh, as well. And of course, Cello was there as well, who's a, a, a fan favourite of the fans. Uh, he would travelled from Tel Aviv, I think, which is where he's studying at the moment to get here. Uh, so yeah, it, it was great there and great to see everybody down there. And something that Ilya mentioned as well, it'd be brilliant if uh, you know, if we can get to go and play in Spain as perhaps as a, as a pre-season friendly and there'll be even more uh, a Spanish contingent and also I'm sure many Wickham fans would like to go to that as well. Yeah, I think there are there are thoughts of even just going to see a, a Spanish football um, team play at some point. Obviously that might, you know, we've got to try and work with planning and, and air flying stuff. But, you know, if they can do it, there is nothing nothing stopping us. Absolutely. Still to come on this week's final uh, Wickham Wanderer <gasps> we show. We could do the show from there. Oh, that would be good. That would be great. Who do we contact about okay, that? That's Jersey and Spain we've got lined <laughs> up for shows. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Great thinking. Thank you very much. Yeah, go, go and work on that. Uh, Jack Grimmett, we'll hear from him. We'll hear uh, from Wickham Wanderers uh, women representatives as well. And uh, lots more to come as well here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. One of the highlights of this season's Wickham Wanderer show, and in fact the previous two series as well, uh, has been the opportunity to speak to many, many uh, ex-players, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Some uh, uh, brilliant eras covered, some fantastic achievements by uh, many, many uh, brilliant characters, as uh, I'm sure you'll know if you've tuned in. Also, uh, a couple of them, well, more than a couple, uh, took part in the uh, Wickham Wanderers Warm Hub, uh, with thanks to uh, the Wickham Wanderers Foundation as well. Uh, more on that to come as well. But uh, I, we've put together a fantastic compilation of uh, the ex-players that we've spoken to this season. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Some familiar names here. We trained at Holmer Green, and uh, you know the winners of the the five side on a on a Friday would get a Kit Kat, and we'd all have a cup, sit around and have a cup of tea, and even some uh, alcoholic beverages were were taken just one for the winning team on a Friday so yeah non-league days uh, league days but it was a different different sort of era then you know it's, it's changed so much in, in my time my first substitute for Wickham was uh, for John Maskell in goal who clashed with the centre forward and had to have stitches fortunately the, the hospital was just across the way behind his goal actually <laughs> But he had to have the stitches put in and um, sort of had to be approved that he was not fit to carry on before I came on. So um, it wasn't easy to get substitutes on the pitch. And there was only one, of course, only one substitute. But uh, we won 4-1 anyway against Barking. (laughs) Unfortunately, I I didn't drive, so I relied on my wife taking me, I lived in Watford then, to Denham Station. I used to get the train from Denham and then walk from Wickham to the ground, walk back to Wickham, the, uh, the station, and get a train back to Denham with um, Dylan Evans used to come with us. And my wife then used to drop him off at his house, which was around Denham somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't think someone's playing in the FA Cup third round would actually <laughs> have to need a lift to and from the ground and walking, you know. But it just became too much. So, um you know, I, I left, but um, you know, I still did quite well. But I would have—it would have been nice to have stayed at Wickham for three or four seasons, possibly, because they continued to be successful. You know, so um, it was just an unfortunate situation. The funny thing is, not two years later, I learned how to drive, and I and I, um, I ended up driving about thirty-five thousand miles a year for about the next ten years. <laughs> around the country, you know, on various uh, things for my job. I came on trial with John Gregory, but he left to go to Aston Villa. Then the trial went cold for a couple of months. They came back, 
it was Neil Smiley at the time and got the deal over the line done my first pre-season was fit, fit as a fiddle anyway so that was a breeze sort of thing and scored a few sort of goals in pre-season this that and the other but yeah managed to get on the bench and then came on against Bristol City scored off me backside and got a few games just because of my energy and just because we weren't doing great I think Bristol Rovers was that got us the first point of the season and I think that was after five games so you know that's how bad we were doing as a squad and then the rest is history really after Laurie Sanchez and Terry Gibson came in there was one game in particular when we played um, Sutton United in um, in the second trophy run in 93 and um, we'd lost the first game at Adams Park I think it was 3-2 which was a bit of a shock we were, we were kind of expected to win comfortably Sutton were a league below us but they were a good team so we lost it 3-2 so there was a little bit of um, hoo-ha about that and what we're going to do you know are we, are we not going to get to the final so there was a lot of soul searching went on you know as we had to wait one or two weeks for the replay you know for the second leg so we went down to Sutton just you know one goal down and they're at home so we were up against it but I remember we speak about it fairly regularly but it was the feeling in the dressing room just before we went out was so powerful where everyone was in such a zone because Martin O'Neill would really whipped us up and, 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 he, and you know he knew and he, he says he says when you know said afterwards I knew we were going to win I think we all did when we went out we were in such a frame of mind and we went out and obviously won convincingly I think the 4-0 but that, that feeling in the dressing room before the game it was a feeling I didn't experience loads of times throughout my career it was, it was such an incredible experience Peter Sotheby we both um, played for, for Oxford University and we both, both played in the Blues team when we were at Wickham and I remember Peter coming and uh, he was he was a player he went on to Blackpool didn't he as a pro and I think he ended he ended up a long time as a uh, Youth team coach at Spurs. We had a reunion, and you know, Oxford University Blues team. What about ten years ago or something? At that time, he was, um, yeah, he was in charge of the Spurs youth team. I think so. He made a good career in football. Very, very good player. Very mobile. Him and um, John Delaney. You know, he was the he was the heart of the defence. Tall, strong, no nonsense centre half. And then he had. Peter sort of sweeping round behind him, good on the ball, mobile. They made a very good combination in the, in the centre of the defence. It was quite a surprise, although I had been playing in some FA um, team selections, you know, the, the, the um, Football Association playing somebody like Loughborough College, playing places like that. And so I knew, I was told that I was on the, on the short list for it anyway, which was, uh, it was a wonderful surprise when it was, but it was purely only playing for uh, Wickham they inspired me you know I only had two and a half seasons there and three managers which uh, you don't expect this to have in two and a half seasons but it is what it is and each manager has his uh, own interests in how he wants to play and the squad he wants to have so it was uh, but now I really enjoyed the time down there it was, uh, it was a lovely part of the world we had a few decent night outs with boys <laughs> Yeah, it was great, great for me. For me, you had to work hard to get the results. And that's what we've done. And uh, initially, 
it, I think it came a little bit hard to some of the players. I remember the first night pre-season, Mick split the lads up in, into three groups, gave me the main group of the first team. So we'd done our warm-up, which lasted about 35-40 minutes. And when we all, when Mick blew the whistle to all come in, I remember one player saying, well, I shan't say exactly what he said, <laughs> but he sort of said, who the hell you got here, Mick? Because I think that's the artist they trained, and that was only the warm-up. <laughs> but it paid off. And I ain't saying that was all due to me winning the league, but I think, yeah, as I say, you've got to work hard. We did OK the following season, after getting promotion and winning the Cup, we got to the third round of the FA Cup. And I'm not sure, but I think I was only the third manager in the history of the club to get the team to the third round of the FA Cup. I know Brian Lee did it with the Middlesbrough game, and I can't remember the other time, but unfortunately that coincided with me being promoted in my full-time job because all the time I was at Wickham Wanderers, it was a part-time job. It wasn't a full-time employment like it would be now. It was nice to score goals and to play with Tony Horseman, Paul Bates, people like that, Sammy, and Lenny. It was uh, it was great and to play in front of your home crowd. And my nan used to come. She was just it was, she was about 75 then, I think. She used to come and have a, have a little look. And uh, she was Wickham mad, Wickham Wanderers mad. And uh, obviously, as I say, my dad played for them as well. And my brother played in the reserves for them. Many time pro at QPR. So uh, all in all, it was a fantastic. From 17 to 20 when I turned pro, I had three great years there and uh, it sticks out vividly in my memory, as I say. I can't replicate that bond, that changing room. You know, listen, I, at the moment, I don't miss the game, I don't miss the pounding. Well, my knee doesn't miss that anyway, but I miss the changing room. Listen, I miss the togetherness. I miss getting up um, and knowing the role I played and that's what I had to learn as an individual and I think people have to adapt in life. I, had to, I wasn't playing at many minutes, but I knew my role was, you know, to be there, to, I'd, I'd been there and I'd done it. So certain emotions to be able to handle. The people there were so exceptional, and not just the players, but you know the, the staff and the, the bar staff. I remember in the old clubhouse. I have real fond memories of Jock Shepherd, who was the groundsman there, who looked after me really when I first came to Wickham. He took me to theatre in Windsor, and just some wonderful people who I've. I've lost contact with uh, most of them, but occasionally I've contact with John Bigginell, Peter Sedeby, because I was at university with Peter as well, one of the best players I've ever played with. So we have occasional contact, but it was just the atmosphere. And then I think what accentuated it was the Wicked Wanderers Past Players organization. And I got an email from them years ago now, and. Uh, Oh, I look forward, Colin, so much to their, to their emails, you know, the newsletters. I think you've had the stories before from uh, Keith Samuels and Keith Searle and myself that uh, there are six of us who played in the 60s and early 70s that still play golf together twice a week. You know, we, we play regularly every week, so we've kept in touch. And, you know, both myself, Keith Samuels, are both on the ex-players committee. Uh, we're still heavily involved. And, um, you know, it's great to be part of the family club. Brian expected the game to play in a certain way. You know, in terms of your behaviour, it wasn't so much about coaching you, but those lads, Dennis Allen and Terry Payne, tried to coach you, but you were, <laughs> you knew your game, if you know what I mean. I felt I knew my game, I didn't need coaching. That sounds arrogant, I don't mean it to sound like that. But they didn't let you express, didn't let you play the way you know you sort of grew up to play kind of thing. 
So in many ways, I think coaching gets rid of the people's natural ability sometimes. But Brian just let you play. Pete Sotheby was the academy manager when I first went to Tottenham as a young player at 16. And he uh, was a brilliant person and someone that uh, was always giving great advice and was a, was a real support for me and all the players at that time. And then I actually saw Peter when I play when I was playing at Wickham, and he came back as part of the ex players association and a great guy. And yes, yeah, it seems like quite uh, similar now that I've I've now gone back to Spurs as, as, as a coach. And yes, we've got those Wickham connections. And um, yes, it's, it's similar how that's happened. He was nuts, but I mean, in such a good way. Like you say, he was such he was so positive. And I always remember every time he would come in in the morning, he would do a big screen and like it would just make everyone smile, make everyone like sort of posture up a bit and know, right, you're in here to work. Again, I, I used to always remember it. He wouldn't train every day because he was in his 40s at the time. But in the gym, oh my God, he was an absolute animal. Like I said, he just brought the standard up massively. Well, I'm glad I played when I did this see, because I didn't kick with my left foot. Terrible. But then, because we had five forwards, used all the picks you know so you had nobody you know like all 10 went over together or whatever or 20 so I could get it onto my right foot but if I'd have had a left foot I'd have been even better but if I run a team now there are people in all professional all levels in pro- that are only one footed but if I run a team they wouldn't pre-season I'd have them in the gym and they'd play with two feet I've got two grandsons one still playing it and he's kicking with both feet because I made him do it well after that was just sensational I don't think it would ever be matched again for what we achieved that season with the injuries that we had players that we were signing obviously Roy Essendo and, and that situation you know we couldn't have been in the worst situation to reach a semi-final and we managed to do it but obviously that's credit to the lads but once again, you know, it was even the injured ones on the sidelines. We were all right behind everybody, so we all stuck together. And it was a group effort, you know. I'd come off away from, I think it was Luton, and it didn't go too well there. And obviously, as I said, I joined a group of players, uh, a lot older players who, were, who wanted to prove something. And just like myself, I wanted to prove that I still had the capability to play at that level and, and winning promotions and scoring goals. And it was, it was just a, an unbelievable dressing room to be part of. And you don't really get many dressing rooms like that throughout your, your career. And I was very lucky to have been part of that. I feel Martin's great strength is his um, ability to, to get the best out of players who may not have the right um, attitude. He, he has this ability to motivate you when you don't feel like being motivated and getting the best out of the team to pull together. And I think that's been testimony to his managerial skills and, and we've witnessed, witnessed that through the teams he's managed throughout the decades. The funny thing about it was as well that the first couple of nights we came down here, people came in and they thought that we'd come down here to have a meal and keep in the wall. Then we, we explained to them, no, we've just come down here to help out. We're ex-players, and it's something that we wanted to do, you know, to get involved in. And they went, oh, we thought that you were part and parcel of the people that were coming down here, you know, to, to keep warm and, and have a meal. Gary, obviously I'd known for, for so many years. He was my youth team coach at QPR, and then my manager at Aldershot, and... Obviously, ultimately, that's how the, the link with the, with Wickham happened. And um, Gary was uh, the one manager that I sort of played my best foot blunder, and uh, he always managed to get the best out of me. And I think he he done really well when we were there. And the squad that we had, he, he definitely achieved what 
we set out to do the next year in League One was wasn't an easy wasn't an easy year, but he um, he's a fantastic coach and, and, and a good man manager as well. John Maskell and Tony Horseman, two absolute legends that were coming, they were coming to the end of their careers. So I think I only played one or maybe two seasons with both of them. And you know our regular back four in my first couple of seasons was Paul Verdi, Keith Mead, Alan Phillips, Bob Davis. You know, great characters, great players. Midfield, I had Mickey Hollifield playing in front of me, and there wasn't a better midfield player in the Isthmian League, and not many better midfield players playing football than Mickey Hollifield and Howard Kennedy. And also in my first season, we had Ian Pearson, who I know he was only there for a season, but I think he must have scored nearly 40 goals in that first season. He was a he was a terrific player. It was a terrible, terrible weekend, freezing cold, and most of the games were off. But we were playing at Ninian Park and um, we drove down there and we got to about half a mile from the ground and we were early and Brian said, why don't you stop the coach? He said, uh, we're all going to get off now and we'll walk the rest of the way to the, the ground. And we couldn't believe it because most of us only had our blazers anyway, ties and what have you, shirt and ties. And um, he did that and it was very out of character. But in actual fact, it was, it was, we were all moaning and groaning, but in actual fact, he was right because um, we were sat on the coach for quite a long time. And we started off the game unbelievable, and we should have been two or three up in the, in the first half hour, but we missed a few chances, and um, then we went on to lose 1 0. But I'll never forget that. It was something that he did just as a one off, and. Uh, I always think, um, you know, when I look back, he was probably right to do it. Goalies really shouldn't get played here. I mean, if the goalie gets it, then um, we're not playing so well, I suppose. But, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to. And, you know, you just, well, you, you, play the, you play the game to do it the best you can. And sometimes, you know, you have to be at the, your best all the time. And so, you know, sometimes you're not. But, you know, the best one is, is the player's player or, you know, the supporters ones because they're the people, obviously, a you play with and then the, the ones that you watch, that watch you. In the FA Cup, I do actually remember that game because I didn't play. It was against Cardiff. I think somebody mentioned it on a programme the other day. I think John Maskell might have mentioned it, where we were drawn away against Cardiff. Now, just prior to that Cardiff game, I dislocated and fractured my elbow in a game against Hayes at Lokes Park when... Uh, a guy called Roy Butler from Hayes, who was a big lad, was Roy. He wasn't as big as some players that have been at Wickham lately, but he was a big lad. And he and Peter Spittle, who was in goal that day, not Mask, they both fell on my arm when we went up for a, a header. So I watched that game. This club is, was a perfect foundation for me to go and build a career, and I'm glad I did that. And so to come full circle for me, well, for me was always something that I'd had in the back of my mind. And, I spoke to Gaz a lot and, and Blooms and Dobbo like away from my, my spells here and um, they've always said there's always, a, there's always a door open for you this that and the other and I'm, I'm glad I came back here but yeah the fans the f I love the fans here it's a great club it's such a family club and my family love it here Every, all of my friends love it here they love coming here so um, for me to, to see them happy when they come here as well that, that adds a little bit more you know incentive to do well for the club and to go and enjoy it we were playing against Wembley away I remember I, I, I was uh, running down the ring skipped past a couple of tackles and my, one of my colleagues Paul West God bless his soul um, he was uh, the midfield general in, uh, and, uh, he, was, he was calling for the ball and um 
I skipped past another player and I didn't pass to him and I got fouled. So um, he's come up to me goes, and he's, you know, he's, he's shouting at me and, and he said, why didn't you pass the ball, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him and I just pushed him away. And I said, look, what is wrong with you? You know, we've got a free kick, we get, you know, doing, and he's still going on. And um, yeah, we had a, an altercation and I don't know what was wrong with the referee for some reason, he had it in for me that day. And um, he spoke to me earlier regarding something I said to him and he didn't take too kind. And then I had the altercation with Paul and then he showed me a straight red. And I thought, you know, like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And at that moment, I honestly thought my career was at Wickham was finished. I really did. Steve Brown was always my position and he, he helped me hugely from being a young pro to sort of, he helped me develop my game. Yeah, no, the, the position I like to get forward and create, I, I, I took all the set plays, which was important to that Wickham, Wickham side. Laurie Sanchez at the time put a lot of emphasis on set plays and I was part of that and we had a lot of success. That day, it was just so special and obviously scoring and, and getting man of the match in that game was just, I would say, one of the most highlights of my career. I really was. And I remember just sitting in the changing room after and all of us were like, we're once, obviously it's not done, but it's one step closer to playing at Wembley and going to Wembley. I know he did a lot of building work and he built things which will, which will be there for years to come. And he built a great relationship with Wickham Wanderers as well at the same time. And he'll never lose that. While we're all still alive, be able to talk about him, he'll be remembered, which is which is a great, great thing to have. It's great to have the memories that, you, that we've all got. Absolutely amazing to have those memories. I think you, you probably have memories of, of not being successful, but obviously when you are successful as a group, then that's really special. And of course, shorts were considerably shorter then. <laughs> yeah, it was either like on my bum was big, whichever. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the baggy ones now, they'd suit me down to the ground. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were definitely shorter, for sure. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. It's the final part of the last Wickham Wanderers show of the season, and like all good Wickham Wanderers games, uh, we've gone into uh, extra time. Nice, I yeah. like it, it's good. Absolutely, an extended version of the show. Uh, still to come, we'll hear from Jack Grimmer. Uh, I know, uh, very exciting. And uh, we'll, we'll have some reflections on the season as well. Uh, but first, uh, one of the uh, the many people to say thank you to, which we'll do a proper thank you, sort of collection of thank yous at the end, uh, is uh, Wickham Wanderers women, who it's been a pleasure to cover this season. The first uh, have finished uh, for their campaign, although they have got a game or an event. Uh, they've got a game against Maidenhead and a sponsors and family uh, event happening on Sunday at Burnham. Uh, but the day before, uh, the under-18s are involved in uh, the uh, JPL Warriors League Cup final. Uh, they're taking on Fulham under-18s and uh, their coach, Sonny, has been uh, telling us a bit about uh, what it's been like getting to the final. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have expectations and as a coach you, you like to plan ahead, um, not just the short term but the long term and, and kind of have a plan of where you want to be and what you look like towards the end of the season. But with the under-18s, it's, it's, I've always said it's always about development. So as long as we're developing each week, each month, um, our individuals and as a team, then, then, then for me, those are the successes. And I think this cup run 
from, say, the quarterfinals against Millwall, beating them, um, having lost to them twice in the league. And then again, same Watford, didn't have success in the league against them, but actually turning them over in, in the semi-final. It just shows that we have progressed and we've grown as a team. So, so, so for me, that's, that, that's been absolutely wonderful. And what's impressed you most about the performances, especially in the latter stages? I would say building composure. So in many of our games, and again, when you look at our, our league games, and again, against those two teams, Millwood and Watford, we, we've come out well, we, we've done well, we've started well, and then about 60 minutes in, we have a little bit of a wobble and things start to fall apart and then we start to doubt ourselves. So for me, it's kind of working on the composure element with the, with the players and as a team and kind of highlighting, well, what's your role? What's your responsibility? And the girls have taken that on board. And so again, in, in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, they've been tough games, but they've stayed composed. So you can tell they've definitely taken that on board. And then we've reaped the uh, rewards from, from, from how they've performed in those games. It must be so pleasing as well, just to, you know, the things you work on in training being put into practice on, on the pitch. Yeah, and again, we're lucky. So, I mean, we've got the wonderful facilities at Burnham and, and training two hours on a Tuesday, two hours on a Thursday. It means we can really focus on those individual elements and kind of get those things right um, so we're not rushed to try different things. And again, the gaffer has, has, has set up a wonderful structure. So be it the first reserves of the 18, we all play the same way. We look to play the same formation. So again, um, they can dip into different environments, but we all have the same philosophy. And so that's worked really well. And, and that, that's given us the successes that we're kind of, that we're seeing and, and, and hopefully going to take away on Saturday. And what are you expecting from Fulham? Like I said, we've played them in the league. We very much respect them. They play a lovely, simple game of football, but it's very effective. They're obviously going to be up for it, travelling up from London. We're, we're travelling from Wickham, um, the finals in, in Cambridgeshire. So, so we've both got a bit of a journey to get there. It's a 1pm kickoff to midday. I mean, I, I prefer the early morning games um, so you can get stuck into it. But I think Fulham will probably be in the same situation as us, excited for the game. Obviously, they would have seen our results against Millwall and, and Watford. So hopefully we've got them on the back foot a little bit. Can't wait for the game. And it really sounds like a brilliant opportunity for you know players at that stage to be involved in a final as well. It is. I mean, it's, it, it, again, the league... For me, it's all about developing the players, their individual gameplay, where the cup run is go out and win. Go on, go and really challenge yourself. So when you reach a final, obviously there's a lot of pressure that's on your shoulders even before that, that whistle goes for the start of the game. So again, it's just managing that. But again, we're going to say to the girls, listen, you deserve to be here. You, you've won those games to be on this pitch playing against Fulham in this final. Now go out, go out and enjoy yourself in that game. So what do you hope they'll have taken away from the experience? I mean, again, we're talking youngsters, so we've got a mixture of, say, anything from 15-year-olds up to 18-year-olds. So they just need to kind of take all of that on board. And then hopefully a lot of those girls will be moving on. And we do know a number of those girls will be moving into the two senior teams we've got. So they've got to take that experience with them. And again, if the gaffer keeps on doing what he's doing, I'm sure the reserves in the first team will be experiencing their cup games as well. So those girls with us on, on Saturday can take that moving forward. It's just going to help them grow. And a really great example as well to up-and-coming uh, youngsters who perhaps you know, in the future want to, to be involved in the under-18s and, and can see how successful they are. Indeed, uh, yeah. And, and, and that, that's something we've been thinking about since March is next season. Because again, it's always good to be prepared moving forward. 
And again, we've got a great, great team working on our social media, putting message out there of our successes, who we are, what we do. So, so we very much hope our success in this cup run will attract other players. Because again, we start again in the new season. A lot of our players will move up, won't be eligible to play in the under 18. So we need new, fresh people coming in uh, through the back door. So, so again, we're kind of open to kind of bring those those budding um, superstars through and into our positive setup. And I know when we've spoken to you on this show before as well, so rewarding, you know, for yourself and the other coaches to be, you know, working with these players who, you know, imagine what they could sort of go on to achieve. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've definitely got some players who could be challenged further going up the ranks. And it, it, it's very exciting to to kind of see how much they've progressed over the season. And really, that, that that's our challenge as a coach is to see the potential and then unlock it. And with our strong coaching staff, I think we've done really well. And it'd be really interesting to see where a number of our players will be in two, three, five years' time. So what would you say are the main strengths of your team going into this game on Saturday? We're very strong at the back. We have Georgia Price, our captain, who's very calm, very athletic um, and very, very solid at the back. We have Jess Fuller um, sitting in front of the back three who connects the defence to the midfield and our forward players. And we have Molly Carter, who I've got. I know she's going to do something really special on Saturday. Uh, I've got something like a gut feeling she's going to do something wonderful. And then we've got Freya Harris, who is rapid and an absolute menace. So she'll, she'll make sure the uh, opposition's back line are turning dizzy. Of course. And I'm sure, you know, as players and also coaching staff as well, that the main emotion, just really looking forward to, to the occasion. It is, but we've got to keep composed. You know, we've done everything right to date. And again, we, we can get our grubby paws on that, on that cup and we, we fully deserve it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Christian and myself, Andy, Steve, we're, we're, we're kind of right up for this game and we, we're full of confidence in the girls. We know they can do it. Well, we wish you all the best for Saturday and uh, uh, I look forward to hearing how you get on. Lovely. Many thanks, Colin. Great chatting to Sonny. Of course, we had Christian on the show uh, recently as well. And Georgina, who's the captain and daughter of Christian, uh, as uh, obviously, as you can imagine, looking forward to the experience on Saturday as well. Honestly, just excitement, to be honest with you, because in the league, we obviously, we weren't doing so well. But like the past couple of games, we've really come together as a team and we've beat like teams at the top of the table and all of that. So I'm honestly just excited about what's to come. And do you notice your own, you know, personally, but also with the team as well, sort of development throughout the season, both in terms of the league games, but also in these cup games as, you, as you've progressed? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think, obviously, starting this season, we've come through as like a brand new team. Like, none of us really knew each other. And now, especially towards like, the end of the season, we're all like really bonding and learning how each other play. And I think we've really gelled as a team, to be honest with you. So what would you say are the strengths of the side? Speaking like in football terms, I'd say like our athleticism. I think we're a very like athletic team. Um, I think we've also got quite a lot of young players as well, so obviously they bring something in. But I just think we can run quite a lot. We've got all that like athleticism and all of that. So I think that's probably one of our main strengths. I would say. And we were speaking to Sonny, uh, your coach, who, who said he was really impressed with the composure that, that the team has developed over the season. That must be something which, which must be so pleasing for yourselves as well, especially being being such a young group. Yeah, 100%. I think, obviously, at the start of the season, we, we weren't so used to it. Like, the teams we're playing now, they're very um, skillful. They're a good team. So, obviously, at the start of the season, we weren't so composed. But now, we're learning how they play. We're matching how they play. We're all very composed. So, I think that is actually something we've really developed together. 
And something else which really stands out that Sonny was saying as well, that you know, in your league games, it's all about kind of developing your game. But, but obviously in cup competitions, it's more about actual winning. And obviously that's something you've, you've excelled at as well. Yeah, 100%. Obviously in the league, that really was about like learning how to match how they play and like learning how to adapt to that style. But now because the season has like is kind of ending, we've obviously we have learned that and that's really coming through um as our performance in the like cup final and like in the semi final, sorry. In all of these games, like you can really see how we have developed as a team. Does that mean in a way there's the the pressure's off, if you like? Kind of, I guess. I think we've got a lot of pressure going into the cup final because obviously it's the final, but I think seeing how we've played in these past two games, it's going to calm us down as a team because we've seen how we can play, we've seen how we can beat these teams. So I guess there is pressure going into it, but at the same time, there are a lot of things that are like calming us down as well. You were saying excitement is the main uh, main emotion, but I guess there's, there's some nerves as well. Obviously, it's a big game. We've got a lot of our club coming down. We've got a lot of supporters. Like Obviously, there's a lot of pressure to play well and hopefully win it, but I'd say, personally, it's a lot more excitement, but obviously there are a lot of nerves in it as well. And it must help, obviously, that you faced Fulham already this season. Uh, yeah. So, when we played Fulham, that was kind of at the start of the season, but obviously they're on par with a lot of the teams in our league. So, knowing that we've just beat them, not Fulham, but like the other teams, knowing we've beat these teams, it's given us confidence going into this game. And do you feel, obviously, as captain, a lot of extra responsibility, but also, you know, being in defence as well, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, on your shoulders, if you like. Not as much as captain, because our, our team kind of, we all share the role. Like, I wouldn't, obviously, I'd say I'm captain, but everyone helps balance it out. So that's very nice. But being a defender, that is kind of stressful in these situations. Like, obviously, um, our last game against Watford, it was a 4-2 or 4-3, but it's a very goal-heavy game. So um, there was a lot of pressure on our defence, especially one of their strikers. She was a very, very good player. There's pressure trying to contain that, I guess. And something else that Sonny said that's really stood out was um, he, he feels in his gut that Molly's going to do something special. Is that something that you feel as well? <laughs> yeah, Molly's going to get a hat-trick. She's got a bag that for us. But, um, yeah, I think she'll, she'll be on fire. And you feel preparation's gone well? You know, you're, you're as ready as you can be? Yeah, uh, we've got training tonight, actually. So that'll be our, our final preparation beforehand. But, yeah, um, on Tuesday, that was a good session. So I'm feeling quite confident. Well, it's been brilliant to speak to you. Obviously, wish you all the best for, for the game and uh, look forward Thank to hearing you. how you get on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Great chat to Georgina, who's the captain of uh, Wickham Wanderers, women under 18s, and obviously, as you say, uh, wish them all the best for their uh, League Cup final on Saturday uh, against Fulham under 18s. Turning our attention back to the uh, men's team and uh, friend of the show, Jack Grimmer, who's been on a couple of times already. Brilliant to catch up with him. And he was the second participant in Knowing Me Knowing Blues a brilliant innovation for this season thank you Jasper Pattenden was first and uh, it, it, Jack uh, was very pleased to be involved in uh, what has literally been a sort of a cult question uh, where uh, you know uh, players are giving their all on a match day but what supporters really want to know is if they're in a combat situation with small bears or a very large duck what would they choose yeah, it was uh, a brilliant question. I think it was, um, you know, it's nice for when you throw questions out to fans, it's nice to get, you know, the sort of obscure questions. And it is something that we discussed in the in the changing room. And I think Jasper Pattington picked the big duck, which surprised everyone, I think. So it is a laugh and a joke in the changing room, that question. But that, it's been so nice, hasn't it? That And also the interaction with the fans, obviously, you know, people queuing up to, to meet you at the shopping centre as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, I think you know, it was me and G Mac were 
still blown away by the, the turnout that day. It was some some turnout and, you know, people had waited quite a while as well. So it's always nice. And I think it's the the better you can bridge the gap between the fans and the players is is always, a, is ne- you know, it's never ever a bad thing. And it's always a, a really good thing to try and be a part of if you can bridge that gap as best you can. And, you know, especially nowadays, it's... Um, you know, with football after COVID and things the way it was, the way it was, it's it's always nice to see fans and actually interact with fans because, you know, I, I don't take that for granted anymore as I maybe did because COVID, you know, they completely took them away. And obviously supporters are really keen to see you before and after games as well. And that's really nice as well. They get the chance to, you know, perhaps have a picture or... It is, yeah. And I think since my time at the club, I think I've, I've noticed a slight increase in, you know, the fans after the games and wanting, you know, autographs and, and photos and things. And it is, it's lovely to see because I think, you know, it shows that we're hopefully going in the right direction and, you know, the club's building and putting things in place that is encouraging more fans to come, which, you know, is essentially what everyone wants. And how do you reflect on the season as a whole? You know, it, it seems, in a way, you know, it seems that the club has sort of done so well in in the, in fact, in, in terms of, you know, that there was so many injuries early on and obviously the manager going... Yeah, I think it is. It's important. I think we could get bogged down and especially myself, you know, I looked at the the last bit of the season that, you know, probably wasn't good enough and didn't push us over the line. But if you look at the season as a whole, we've had, like you said, so much changes and so much to deal with and injuries. And I think we had been very lucky the previous season, you know, big players hadn't been missing for any sort of big length of time. And unfortunately it happens this season. We've had injuries and injuries to players at the wrong time and big changes on and off the pitch. And, you know, I just think it, inevitably led us to, to just missing out and you know I think that the fact that we were even in you know challenging it I think it shows the expectation this club now has is that you know the fans are disappointed with ninth place in league one which I think is the fourth highest the club's ever been and I think it's it's great that now we have this expectation that we want to be up there challenging with the club uh, you know with the big clubs in the league. And what about your own contribution personally you must be really pleased with with the season that you've had. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with how things went. I'm happy, you know, with the sort of the amount of games and the run of games I had and the consistency that I managed to show. I think every player, I, th- I think, just wants to be consistent and reliable, you know, for managers. And I think it's something that I managed to sort of nail down this season. And, you know, hopefully seasons to come, I can, I can keep it going. And as well, it's really nice that you, you are able to perform in different positions as well. But obviously, right back to your favourite, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, something that I just kind of fell into because of injury. And then I think because I managed to play well there, you know, I managed to stay in. And it's, you know, I was really, that was probably one of the things I was most chuffed at this season is that, you know, you are keeping good centre-backs like out of the team, which, you know, is is no small feat given the centre-backs that we have at the club. So yeah, it was it was something nice to to play a different position and you learn more about your game. I think playing different positions you, it definitely enhances your knowledge of the game, which I can't complain about at all. It was a, it was a good learning curve. I know fans have lots of different ones, but as, as a player, is there a particular sort of moment or or game that, that really stands out from this season? I, to be honest, that's what makes me think it's <laughs> it's a really long season because we were speaking about the first game all the way back against Burton at the first game of the season, and you know you forget how long the season is and how grueling it can be at times and you know the the fans will know more than most the ones that are you know traveling away to Exeter early in the season then they follow us to like say Bristol Rovers and you know towards the latter stage of the season you know the I think the the fans that they cover all miles that we do you know really deserve the shout out because 
for me, that's one of the best parts of the season is seeing the same faces at away games and home games. And, it, you know, I, I think that's why we probably feel extra gutted when we don't win away from home because, you know, people have, you know, spent their hard earned money to follow you all across the country. I think especially on Tuesday night, isn't it? Because especially, you know, some of the distances that, that are involved in League One. Exactly. Like, I think well played to Plymouth, you know, they managed to get up, but it's a nice feeling not having to go down there again. You know, more comes another one, you know, nobody wants to see anyone relegated, but, you know, the fans are probably looking, thinking Stevenage, Leighton Orient and Northampton coming up from League Two is probably a lot closer, which is nice. So, you know, it's things that we discuss as players and I'm sure the fans do as well. And do you all look at, you know, the teams coming down and the teams coming up to, to League One as well? Yes, yeah, because, you know, you are, we want to be up there challenging for promotion next season and it's, you know, predominantly the teams that are coming down from the Championship are the ones that will be fighting to get back there and you have sort of teams that have done it numerous times in your Blackpools and, and Wiggins so they know, so I think, of how to navigate League One a bit better but, you know, Reading will come down with that probably financial mountain that they might have in you know like your derbies and Sheffield Wednesdays and Sunderlands I think it's um you know that it makes League One essentially a mini championship which is great for the neutral but you know it also makes for an interesting season for us looking at who we're going to be playing. Does it feel as players such a competitive division because it feels like we sort of say this every year but you know this year especially it seems seems particularly tight doesn't it? It does yeah I think this season's race for the playoffs I think the top three had done tremendously well to be where they were I think Sheffield Wednesday managed 96 points and and finished third which is just outstanding for me you know the the race of the playoffs was tight and it's all the big clubs that you'd expect to be up there are up there and you know given our recent record I would put us in the frame as well like I said we have this expectation now given that we've once managed to achieve it and then last season get into the playoff final and although the season didn't finish as we wanted it to this year I think it's there has been a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes and things and how we're wanting to play and how we're wanting to evolve. And I think there was obviously always going to be that transitional period. And it just so happened that it came at a time where we had to win every game, which is a bit unfortunate. So I think there has been some good groundwork put in. And, you know, I think all the players were saying that we were all already eager to get back into pre-season and, you know, get back to work and because we have a real chance at sort of creating something special again. I was going to say, it must feel like, you know, how far, the, and even in the time you've been at the club, how far the club's come and, as you say, the expect, expectation's so high. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when I first joined the club, it, it's it's such a change. It's it's almost crazy to think about when I first joined, there was, I think, nine or ten signed players and we were, the aim was to try stay in League One because I think they'd finished 17th the previous season and, you know, we then went on and done the unthinkable and I think now with having a championship season and followed by a League One playoff final, it does create that expectation, which I think the players already had, but you know, now you see it with the fans that they're, they're extra disappointed we didn't make the playoffs and rightly so. And we know we want to be one of those clubs that are up there looking for promotion. And how do you see the game on, on, on Sunday? It feels like, you know, quite a, a decent end to the season in a way. Obviously it would have been good to end it on a win, but obviously with Lewis's goal as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all know that he's capable of doing, you know, something extraordinary like that. And I think it's so interesting to the one the one thing I loved about it is that he he double checks to see where the keeper is and then does it. So you know it's it's so clearly meant. It's ridiculous. And you know, we all know the quality that he has from long distance and um he's been a great asset for us over the season. So what happens for you as players? Is, is after the final game, is that it? You just sort of get, go your separate ways and have have a, a well earned break now? Yeah, yeah. We had some meetings and things and you know, the, in the last throughout the last week. Because, you know, for the first time in a long time we knew that the season was going to be finished after 
after the last game. You know, normally we're playing right up until the finish. So we just go away and, you know, people have their, their holidays with their family. And, you know, I've came back to Scotland actually because I, I didn't manage to get back until since last June, you know, so I've got family and friends to visit and things like that. And you just try rest up as best you can and uh, enjoy the time off because, you know, I, th- I think we all know that come pre-season we'll be, we'll be working extra hard and, you know, trying to put things right from this season. I hope you have a fantastic break and really appreciate your time. Top man, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure speaking to Jack Grimmer and uh, we hope he enjoys his summer. Drinking lots of iron brew. I believe a trip to Rome and Bali are, are in oh, order. I'm going to Rome as well. Maybe I'll see him. Oh, excellent. Mm. Uh, and uh, also, uh, we uh, had a little trouble with, uh, with Jack recalling uh, particularly memorable moments, but we've invited supporters to, yes. uh, to, to suggest uh, particular occasions in the season. Yeah, I've got a couple for you. Uh, Morgan said Wingy's goal versus Bolton, uh, although his effort at Pompey, of course, was was excellent as well. Uh, Suzanne said Max saving a penalty against Oxford at the Kazam. Uh, Dan said Mimetti's last-minute goal against Peterborough at home, Mawson with the ping. Uh, the first thing that sprung to Andre's mind was Danny Sender bringing his own heater to the Bill Turnbull gantry and I remember also there was a heater at one point that only blew out cold air ah. which was um, isn't well, that air conditioning <laughs> didn't really work as a f- heater to be honest but thank you to everyone that sent on Kim and Nigel's put together a really nice review of the season as well enjoy this First off, by 2.30pm on the 7th of May 2023, the club attained its fifth highest league position in its history. Not something to be sniffed at as a base position. We began the season without a first-choice keeper, a key position any club following the departure of David Stockdale that summer. A convoluted process to get in a keeper on loan fell through and we were left blooding a very inexperienced keeper in Tyler Dickinson for the first five games of the season. Along with a dearth of available players early doors, we struggled to build momentum and were inconsistent until the beginning of December 2022, when results started to improve significantly, with points being picked up against some of the top sides, such as Portsmouth and Ipswich, and a couple of narrow defeats to others, such as Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, where the performance probably warranted more than a nil-point score. Later in the January window, we lost Anis Mehmeti to Bristol City in the Championship, a player who in many ways has been our talisman over the last couple of years and also entertained us, the supporters, greatly. Probably our biggest loss this season, however, was that of the class act both on and off the field that is Alfie Mawson. Even though his time with us was cut short as he was forced to hang up his boots. My enduring memory will be this young man falling back in love with the game. And all I've got to say is thank you, Alfie, for coming back home. Our momentum continued into the early part of the year until we lost the gaffer and welcomed back Blooms as the new gaffer on the 23rd of February 2023. From there on into the season end, our performances were inconsistency personified. Don't get me wrong, there were good performances at times which hinted as to what the future might bring, such as the victory at the Memorial Ground, where we played some fabulous passing football at times. But, and it's a huge but, there were some absolutely abject non-Wickham type performances as well. Burton, MK Dons, Lincoln and Cheltenham jumped to mind. We also saw a couple of worldy goals along the way. Who will forget Dom Gates strike at Barnsley and only a few days ago Lewis Wings at Portsmouth. Of course, there was the arrival of big Max Strayak and uh, Major, who both seem to have become fan favourites. Elsewhere, TJ DeBar and Christy Ward have served notice they have a future, and we cannot discount Jasper Pattenden either in that bunch. So what do we need to do in the close season to give us a fighting chance of being a Plymouth rather than an MK Dons next season? In my opinion, we need a number of things, but most important is something we might already have but needs to be drawn out. 
or we might need to find it. What I'm talking about are real characters in the changing room that have the personality to drag the others with them. I don't think you can underestimate the influence of Bayo and Stocko in this regard, and we miss them probably more than anyone of us thought. On the part we need to reinforce, the left-hand side, full-back, wing-back, cover centrally for when we lose Josh, and because of the way he plays, he will undoubtedly get injured at some point in the season. Some creativity in midfield, and finally, a minimum 10-15 to 15 goal a season striker to support and run off Voxie. We also need to improve Big Max's distribution and kicking. We need to pick out blue shirts and not have it ping back right at us, especially against the better sides in the division. Some will say, so where are we going to get the money from this pricey wish list? But other clubs have looked further down the pyramid and found diamonds, so why can't we? Great summary from Nigel, thank you very much, and some brilliant moments uh, yes, across the you, season, which you, which you can easily forget. Uh, and uh, uh, we, uh, on last week's uh, show, did we mention last week's show? Uh, that uh, the official Away Supporters Association yes. have uh, presented their end-of-season awards to uh, Josh Scoen and also Chris Farino, got a young player, didn't he? He did. I was there. It was very good. And we have some uh, some awards of our own. Yes, our player of the season. Why don't you start with who? Who? I think it's, for me, it's between three people. But you go first. Yeah, no, I think uh, at least the person I've selected is probably one of the three yeah. uh, that you've said. Obviously, Josh um, has been fantastic, and uh, I we'll think get he might be player of the season. Many accolades from uh, all, all corners uh, and all comers. But I think especially with the the goalkeeping shortage situation, which we were found with as well, and um, some brilliant performances and some fantastic clean sheets throughout the season. Uh, uh, Max Striek, yeah. who also has been brilliant to, to speak to you as well and uh, and great character as well uh, he's been absolutely brilliant and I think Gareth um, said at the the beginning of the season that because of Stocko and and um, Akinfen were leaving that they needed some people to fill the sort of the character spot and you know bring some sort of energy and I think Max has been brilliant at that and so and Major that, and Major of who, sorry how could I forget Major the chair dog um, and the other person is who we've spoken to this evening is, is Jack Grimmer who's just been brilliant on and off the pitch he's been playing in different roles uh, but yeah, it, 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 one of those three, and I think Josh will probably win, deservedly win player of the season. But I think, yeah, it's, it's been really, really good. Well said. Uh, something else was easy <laughs> to forget was um, our predictions from, from the very first show, which has been pinned up. Well, not really pinned. Has it been pinned? Yeah. More sort of blue, stuck. Blue tacked. Yeah, and very well sealed down as well from the, uh, the ceiling team. Can I open it? Yeah, go on then. So these were our predictions as to where we thought the club would finish. Um, if you're new to this... Um, we're never right. <laughs> Wait, were you closest last season? I, I was closest last time. Um, however... So the answer is ninth, by the way. Ninth. However, this won't be as bad as the predictions for uh, another club that's more north uh, of the county, who everyone said would go into the automatic playoffs and have sadly been relegated. So who's furthest away? Um, you, by the looks <laughs> of it. Uh, you put second... Did I? Yes. I knew it was optimistic. I lied. I thought I said sixth, but I didn't. I said third. Okay. So, and Close. then uh, Luke H, Rob, and Sally said playoffs. Uh, social media said playoffs for 63%. Uh, seventh till 14th place Ooh. said thir- 38% of people said that. Oh, this is a poll on. Yeah. It? Nobody said 15th to 20th, and no one said relegation. So, well done if you were one of the 38% that said seventh to 14th. You were correct. We have many people uh, to thank mm. for uh, another brilliant season. Uh, Sirius, do you want to do the, the roll call? Uh, yeah, so of course, everybody uh, on and off the pitch at Wickham Wanderers uh, who have given us um, amazing access to the club. 
um, both during the games and off games and up at the training ground at Marlow Road. Um, a big thank you to all of the players as well who have just had microphones shoved in their face and asked about bears and ducks and other things. Um, a big thank you to the Kuhigs, of course, as well, who have been very supportive uh, since they joined the club as well. Uh, a big thank you to the Wickham Wanderers Foundation, the Trust, uh, Wickham Wanderers Women as well, the Ex-Players Association, who have been absolutely um, a br- brilliant throughout the whole season. Uh, a big thank you to all of the fans that have got involved um, a big thank you to our team. Thank you to you, Colin. Thank you to Rob, to Nigel, to Rebecca, uh, to Craig as well, who's been part of the team, uh, to Sally um, and to, to the technical team here at Wickham Sound as well, who've got the connection. And a big, big thank you to Matt Cecil and Phil Catchpole, um, who have just been amazing as always. And uh, yeah, are just are just a brilliant people. And big thank you to you as well for yeah. your excellent producering. Uh, uh, later. Who, <laughs> who without which the, the show would, would sound very different. Oh. Thank you. Thank you to you too, Colin. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure to be able to, to do it and, and speak to, as I say, so many great characters, uh, both uh, current and former players as well, and, and others who are connected with the club as well. It's been real, real brilliant to, uh, to have an insight, you know, uh, as a fan, but also to, to sort of bring the, the service, if that's the right word. And as mentioned, it's been really great to have the, uh, the commentary this season as well. Yeah, that's been um, a, slightly daunting. And I think me and Phil will discuss that we have had every single technical issue that we possibly could have. Uh, even at Portsmouth and yeah so to get through that we haven't missed one there's not been any huge technical issues that have stopped the show so uh, yeah I'm very happy that we have um, we've got that and you know we've got big plans for next season as well so I just need to find some space on my laptop first absolutely looking forward to that I must say a big thank you to uh, David as well who's got in touch Yes, thank you to David, who sent some really nice feedback, uh, saying thank you to Wickham Sound for the superb Wickham Wanderers coverage this season, uh, especially to Colin for the excellent Wickham Wanderers show and his legendary ex-players interview. Uh, also to Robin Luke uh, for the entertaining matchday shows and to Rebecca for knowing me, knowing you. The coverage has been more championship than League One. Well done. Thank you very much, David. Unfortunately, we haven't got time for the negative feedback. No, oh, what a shame. <laughs> No, there hasn't been any. There hasn't been any, has there? Uh, no, no, no. Don't send it now either. <laughs> You're too late. Get your t- t- negative feedback in for next season. Send it to roblesperens at wickhamsoundtalk.uk. It's been a pleasure to bring you the show. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget as well, um, although you probably won't be listening to this bit if you have, but um, if you can't listen now, uh, there's a podcast version <laughs> available. <laughs> Uh, You're listening to it. <laughs> yeah, this is the podcast version as well. And uh, as you mentioned, if you really enjoyed the uh, highlights of the ex-players, you can catch up with the, the full episodes as well. Uh, have a fantastic uh, close season. Enjoy pre-season. We'll be back uh, for Series 4 of the Wicked Wonder Show in July. Yeah. Have a great uh, summer. Come on, you blues. <laughs> <laughs>